0: It's just gone 4.30pm on Saturday afternoon in Oldham. Years of unrest at the running and the slow demise of a football club, including fake coffins being paraded through the streets and bullets being sent in the post, are coming to a head. Losing 2-1 to nearby Salford City, Oldham Athletic fans storm the pitch with banners and chants of defiance. They know that they're just moments away from making history, as the first club to play at the top of the game to eventually be relegated out of the professional football league This is a story about football, sure but it's also a story about a town and its people This is the Manchester Weekly from The Mill Hello, I'm Daryl Morris with The Mill's Danny Cole and Jack Dulhanty at The Mill HQ this week Danny, Jack, hello there Hey, how you doing? Hello. Hello. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Uh, Lots to come on this week's episode. Uh, No, Yoshi, you will have noticed. He is away at the moment on his holidays. Danny, I think you were telling me, or it might have been you, Jack, the other day, that he's taken a typewriter with him as well, hasn't he, on his holidays? (laughs) Yeah, it's very old school. (laughs) It is. Very sort of like Hemingway romantic ambitions of typing away on his typewriter on a mountainside somewhere, probably, on his break, which is very, very sweet. Uh, Yoshi will be back on the podcast next week. This week, though, lots and lots to get into. And we're going to take stock of, as we've been hearing, the demise of Oldham Athletic. What that tells us about football and community and yet another club in trouble. Danny, you sent Jack Walton off to that game, didn't you, this week?
1: I heard about this because I was watching the Wickham Wanderers play off against Sheffield Wednesday in High Wickham and I sort of sent a picture into the into our work group chat saying, Oh, uh, sorry Dan, who's our editor in Sheffield, you know, you've you've lost one nil. And then Jack Walton sent a picture in of fans invading invading the pitch. Um, so that was a, a nice moment of bonding for us, but that was that was how I'd heard about the pitch invasion. So certainly an interesting story. I definitely want to, to watch.
0: Bit of football banter in the mill office, I like it, I like it a lot. Big, big story in Oldham that, And, and as we say, it doesn't just have ramifications for the football club and for the football league, but for the town as well. We'll hear from Jack Walton on that shortly. Also, we're going to hear about plans to expand a prison in Wigan, and the criminologist who says that it's one of the worst prisons in the country, and that we shouldn't be expanding it. We'll get to that shortly. Firstly, our top story on the Manchester Weekly this week. Three men have been held on suspicion of murdering a father who was stabbed just outside the city centre recently jack you've been following this story haven't you what do we know so far so yeah uh, last wednesday which was the 20th around 6 30
2: p.m there was a double stabbing on pollard street in ancoach just near the uh, new islington area one man Neri morse died
0: following the incident and a second man remains in hospital after it and Greater manchester police are appealing for help as well aren't they jack on that front
2: Yeah, so it came out later on that detectives were looking into an incident around 15 minutes before at a agents in the area and were appealing for any sort of dashcam footage
0: or eyewitnesses to that, which they think then precipitated the incident in which Neri died yeah we've also got a quote from greater manchester police as well and detective inspector wes knights who says we continue to appeal to anybody else particularly those who have information about the precursor incident at Zaff's go local or the deposition of the vehicle in the reddish area several hours later to contact us so um still some work to be done there by the sense of it and we'll, we'll keep an eye on that story for you as it develops on the manchester weekly also this week uh jack you've also been following this plans to expand her majesty's prison hindley this is a prison Wigan, isn't it, for men and young offenders? They've been really heavily scrutinised this week, haven't they, Jack? What do we know so far? What what are these plans to extend this prison? This is part of the uh, government's new prison programme. Their plan, in anticipation
2: of the prison population in the UK growing by about twenty thousand by the mid twenty twenties, based on their own predictions. And the Hindley expansion has been something that kind of has a little bit of history. So. When the government first announced its plans to build and refurbish multiple, so build new prisons and refurbish multiple existing prisons around the UK, they originally wanted to redevelop the Hindley site into what's now known as a mega prison, very large prisons that can hold over 1,000 prisoners. And that was at the time derailed by, those plans were derailed by um, local activists. I think it was actually called Pies Not Prisons, and which is very weird and then after the Wigan one fell through they tried to build a second one in Chorley and that was also derailed so that was actually I think it was just at the start of this year the activists who were campaigning against that found out that it wouldn't be built and now we're in this position where the Ministry of Justice have kind of gone back to Hindley a little bit hat in hands and tried to basically just expand the prison rather than redevelop it into a mega prison so they're looking to double the prison's capacity from 694 to 1132 so 1134 so nearly double the capacity and yeah it's, it's come under intense scrutiny but I think to say that it's only just coming under scrutiny now wouldn't be correct but the man who's kind of leading this charge is a criminologist from the Open University called Dr. David Scott, who told us for this week's uh, Monday briefing that this is one of the worst prisons in in England, and there is a better case for closing it than there is for expanding it. In what sense? I mean, what what does he mean by that? Why is it one of the worst? Um, Well, in 2017, it got a scathing report from the prison inspectorate, which said it was one of the worst, if not one of the very worst prisons that that inspector had ever seen. It had problems with like mouldy food. One of the main things that the, the report singled out was prisoners being held in their cells for over 24 hours at a time, which is not best practice to put it lightly and then in a recent unannounced visit in 2020 they found that there was no what they described as a coherent strategy in place to reduce violence in the prison so to expand it to a lot of um sort of especially in the case of dr scott
0: and other activists expanding it is a generally bad idea Alright, okay. Um, we'll keep an eye on that story as well then, well, I think, and uh, and we'll see what happens and whether that does or doesn't progress. Pie's is not prison. It took me a good, a good minute or two, uh, Jack, to figure out what that meant, but you uh, handily pointed out, yes, Wigan, of course. <laughs> Pi is not Wigan. Very nice. I like it. A strong local brand in there. Um, um, okay, and finally this week, uh, until we get to our Oldham story, the local elections are just around the corner. We're gearing up to uh, vote for councillors all across Greater Manchester on Thursday the 5th. Uh, we'll come on to the wider picture in a sec but firstly a, a story that's developed uh, today as we record in the last couple of days the conservative candidate alex bramham who was set to stand in those elections in the piccadilly ward next week has been suspended pending an investigation after posting a tweet earlier this week comparing the trans rights movement with nazis danny you've been following this story and you've spoken to alex today haven't you um what do we know
1: Yes. Um, So earlier this week, he tweeted an image of the Dad's Army opening titles. In Dad's Army, there's a sort of a graphic of the Nazi swastika flag sort of progressing through Europe. And he doctored this image. So he changed it to replace the swastika with the Progress Pride um, flag. So this Progress Pride flag replaced the original um, 1978 Rainbow Pride flag. So it was updated to include sort of trans and non-binary people so it included some additional colors like black brown and pink also to represent sort of black people and people of color and obviously this has generated a lot of controversy understandably um so yeah that's what's happened Uh, i think the tweet has since been deleted but um obviously people have been able to take screen grabs um, of the original tweet so he's now been
0: uh, suspended by the conservative party pending an investigation what have they been saying danny
1: So a spokesperson, the Conservative campaign headquarters, said that basically the individual concerned um, has had their party membership suspended, obviously pending the outcome of this investigation. I spoke to Bramham on the phone, aside from what he told the MEN earlier this week when this story was reported. So he told the MEN that I respect the party's investigation and remain steadfast in serving residents of Manchester, campaigning on local issues important to the community, regardless of party affiliation. Um, but when I caught up with him earlier, he did tell me that he said that as a serious candidate seeking election, he did say he wanted to put his head above the parapet and he said he wanted to be a voice of common sense. And then he did also tell me, I want to tackle these issues seriously with respect and not ever give to political correctness. So yeah.
0: Okay, make of that what you will. Next week, we'll have something of an election special. This time next week, of uh, the 5th, of course, Greater Manchester goes to the polls lots and lots going on lots of big stories uh, we've obviously been following the situation in Oldham really closely after the upset with the council leader Sean Fielding losing his seat and the influence of Rajamir in local politics there it continues to be a really fascinating story from Oldham just a reminder by the way we mentioned this last week but if you get the chance go back and read the reporting from that story in Oldham you can find it at manchestermill.co.uk you could also find a whole big sort of analysis piece that Yoshi wrote last Last week of what to watch out for the stories to keep an eye on from the local elections 2022 across greater manchester that's all available uk. that's where you subscribe for more stories just like this okay before we move on uh jack you've been at an event in greater manchester today haven't you with andy burnham and former prime minister gordon brown is that right he's been in town this week That's right, yeah. I've just literally come back now from the
2: Realising Regional Growth uh, conference. And yeah, there was a lot of talk around devolution. Virtually everything was around devolution, I think. Um, Andy Burnham at one point said in speaking to the government, if you won't fix it, devolve it that's his new or would appear to be his new line on things he was very um, very bullish when it came to renovating our train stations particularly Piccadilly, Salford Crescent and Oxford Road and yeah that seems to be something that people are really interested in and the rest of the conference was really just about the sort of key innovation points in Greater Manchester so stuff like graphene production and
0: trying to create a bigger tech uh, industry in the city. Nice. And also, importantly, Jack, did they have pastries, coffees, teas? No, I was pretty disappointed, I'm not going to lie to you, but, I mean, the, the, less, the less we talk about that, the better. It, it, it wasn't quite there for me. Mm, scandalous. Scandalous. Uh, okay, uh, for now, Jack, Danny, thank you. Okay. Weekends at Oldham Athletic, usually Saturday afternoons, are a time for high drama and excitement on the football pitch. This week, though, it was events off the pitch that caused the headlines. Although fans did storm onto the pitch just before the end of the team's defeat to Salford City, it was the defeat that was to relegate them from the Football League. The culmination of years of unrest and protest at the running of the football club, a club now in the history books, as the first to play in both the Premier League and be relegated From the Football League. This is a story about football, sure, but it's also a story about a town and a community and the business of football as well. An all too familiar tale in Greater Manchester with clubs like mine, Bolton, falling victim to administration processes. Wigan have been there, Macclesfield, and of course, Berry famously falling out of the league altogether and going out of business. The Mills' Jack Walton was at the game as Oldham were relegated from the Football League at the weekend and watched those scenes on the pitch. And Jack, take us to the game on Saturday if you can. How was the atmosphere generally?
3: Yes, yeah, so the atmosphere, I would say, throughout the game was tense and uh, there was always a possibility coming into the day that this could be the day uh, Oldham went out of the Football League and as it happens they were losing to Salford and results elsewhere in two other matches were going against them which meant that they were on the brink basically and... It was around about, I don't know, the 76th minute, maybe the 78th minute, that this sort of uh, tension that had been building throughout the day, um, this discontent which had been building throughout the season, spilled over and uh, a few fans right out in the corner of the ground started spilling onto the pitch and then I suppose others in the rest of the ground took it took it as their cue. I mean, it was it was mostly an impromptu thing, but within a minute or so, um, there was hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people all over the pitch and the, uh, the referee had to take the players off and this... It, it's is sort of unprecedented event and a really strange end to um, what's been a miserable season for Oldham.
0: And so, Jack, how did we get
3: here to this point? Yeah, so I suppose the story begins in January 2018 uh, when Abdallah Lemzigan, a uh, Moroccan football agent, bought Oldham Athletic for a pound and came in with uh, all this talk of... Um, a grand new dawn for the club, you know, a club which is which which is already had already fallen on relatively hard times. You know, a Premier League club at the start of the nineties, and by that point, it was a few divisions lower. And Lemsegun came in with this plan, essentially to use his contacts as an agent to um, to, to kit the squad out with quality and uh, take them back up the leagues from there it's been they've lurched from one uh, disaster to the next essentially and uh, this season has really been the culmination of that this season's been dogged by protests early on um, a complete breakdown in communications between fan groups and the ownership tennis balls being lobbed onto the pitch uh, fans marching through the streets before games uh, dressed as clowns holding coffins and an incident in, in, a, in December where three fans were bizarrely and um in a sort of bizarre act of authoritarianism on behalf of the club free fans were banned uh, from attending matches for promoting their dislike of the club was a stated reason you know those bans were rescinded but it, this has been rumbling on all season and, and, and the events of, of Saturday definitely felt like like, a, like, the, like the climax of all of that mm.
0: Who is Abdullah Lemzigam, Jack? He is the owner of Oldham Athletic Football Club and the person who the fans' frustrations are largely directed at, right?
3: Yeah, he's public enemy number one in Oldham at the minute, (laughs) along with his brother, Mohammed, who's the club's sporting director. Uh, uh, Yeah, as I said, uh, he's he's got a background as a football agent. He's taken this move into um, uh, club ownership, Clearly, has been out of his depth. Whether or not he's a, he's a bad man or or an incompetent man, you'd you'd have to ask the Oldham fans. They, they they'd probably have differing opinions on that. I suppose I'm probably more of the opinion that he's merely incompetent. But um, for a long time now, he hasn't even been attending the games. He tends to watch them, you know. Supposedly, tends to watch them from his um, from his home in Dubai. He's become a very distant owner, you know, because if, if he was there, he would be <laughs> subject to widespread derision and chance and. booze and all sorts and the relationship's completely broken down he he said in january in a statement that he's began talking to credible bidders about a possible sale of the club which was welcomed by 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 the fans but so there hasn't been any advance on that as of yet i think fans are now worried that he's holding out for too much or that that was a false promise or that the lemsigan years are, are going to roll on and on and on which 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 would be the worst case scenario for them and let's talk about this as a, as a story with wider consequences, Jack,
0: because, you know, one of the things that I talk about a lot when we talk about when when, when we sort of discuss or discuss with people the, the the demise of football clubs or, you know, the sort of rocky nature of the business. I'm a Bolton fan, Jack, right? So I've been through it at close quarters in the last couple of years. And we also, you know, on, on the very same day that we were fortunately uh, saved from the brink of extinction uh, Berry didn't, Berry weren't, and they went under, you know, and that's, that's been a really high-profile case. We've also seen Macclesfield, a local club, and Wigan go through the mill as well, recently enough. There does seem to be something about the Northwest, doesn't there, and, and Northwest football
3: clubs? It's definitely a little cluster of clubs that I can remember the day you were talking about, actually. I remember um, Sky Sports, and they took a lot of flack for it. Didn't they have some countdown clock, which was sort of like counting down ticking towards the point at which um, berry would fold and uh, you know I, I sort of remember that taking a lot of criticism for that as a sort of trivialization of of an event which is really quite tragic for a town and i think that's the broader point that, that you're referring to there these clubs have such an important uh, place in their towns um, not just in their economies which of course they do but also in their histories and they can be a, a, a real point at which, which um, towns can rally around. And you're absolutely right. There's a little cluster here, um, you know, the sort of satellite towns of Manchester and then branching out a little bit further across, across the northwest of clubs that have really fallen on hard times, be that through general difficulties smaller clubs are facing with, you know, an ever-growing wealth gap which exists in football or just sort of individual cases of mismanagement, which certainly seems like the case in Oldham. What happens next then, Jack? Because the Oldham
0: are now out of the Football League. They'll play in the National League. It's, it's you know, the, the, the money associated with the Football League, the status, etc., is all sort of has, has
3: drained away from them, uh, hasn't it? What does the future look like? Um, it looks bleak. Yeah, I mean, all Football League clubs uh, receive some funding from the Premier League. I think that comes to about a million a season, um, which, of course, they'll now be cut off from the financial situation that Lemsigan's driven to them them into anyway is it wasn't good I mean they've been embargoed from making uh permanent transfers uh, due to ongoing financial issues they've had issues surrounding unpaid wages uh, during his tenure so they're already um you know the ba- the balance books aren't weren't looking great and and, and now they're going to lose more and you know on top of that they've got a um COVID recovery loan that they'll have to repay but um you know, in terms of trying to put a slightly more positive slant on it, if we can, there are fan groups meeting to discuss potential plans to, um, to, to pull together a consortium with local businessmen. And um, I know uh, Matt Dean, who's one of the directors of the Oldham Athletic Supporters Foundation, one of these, or the most integral of these fa- fan groups, has told me personally that he's been uh, speaking to people that he considers credible, which could put money into the club. And so I suppose the next step from their perspective is seeing if they can pull together a a, a significant consortium with with, with the funds required to take ownership of the club themselves, which no doubt is something that um, the supporters would would really welcome. Okay, really interesting. Jack, for now, thank you so much. Thank you very much.
0: Okay, Danny, Jack, uh, take us back into the mill newsroom, if you will. Uh, What are you guys working on at the moment?
1: our culture writer um, Sophie Atkinson has actually got a few interesting stories on the boil Um, she recently paid a visit to Salford to find a secret garden specifically the secret garden that was said to have inspired um, Frances Hodgson Burnett's children's book uh, The Secret Garden she didn't quite find what she was looking for but she did find a genuinely secret garden there's more on that and then she also met with a Manchester academic who took us on a tour of the curry mile um, looking at multilingual street signs so that that piece will be a little more technical and a bit more interesting so that's what sophie's got on at the moment
2: For the past few weeks now i've been having on and off conversations with greater manchester's community of private investigators asking them about the work that they're doing in the city and what it's
0: like to be one wow that sounds amazing okay i will uh, i will look forward to that uh, manchestermill.co.uk is where you can subscribe to get all those stories first into your inbox um, before we go a nod for the week and uh, something to do in and around Greater Manchester Danny Wolf, have you got your eye on?
1: Um, So SICK Festival which is an arts and health festival is back. It's sort of based in North Manchester but they will have a photography exhibition running in St Peter's Square called I Am. It's a collection of sort of really powerful and moving portraits of people who have experienced different forms of abuse. So SICK Festival is going to be running throughout May um, so I think you can catch that on Sunday
2: and i've just spotted that tickets are available to book to see electric rosary which is a play about robot nuns and that will be showing at the royal exchange it's written by tim foley who's a an award-winning playwright and he actually got the idea for
0: the play after a visit to a monastery where he saw elderly monks riding quad bikes wow okay <laughs> nice nice I've actually I've got some tickets to that already I'm looking forward to that uh, I was in I saw them um, uh, rehearsing for it the other day when I was I was in the Royal Exchange having a coffee one, last Saturday afternoon and uh, and saw them rehearsing for it there was just lots of shuffling and banging around so I can't give you any sort of like uh, hints as to what it's going to be like <laughs> <laughs> but I'm of sure course. it'll be br- <laughs> I'm, sure, I'm sure it'll be brilliant um, and my nod for the week is uh, Sunday Omidja Lily is on at the Lowry. there are a couple of tickets left I give you that nod because I spoke to him last week, he was on my radio show, we had a long chat, about 45 minutes or so in Orbit's company, he is poised like a coiled spring, ready to uh, go back on tour again after lockdown, we had a really, really interesting chat about cancel culture and the slap uh, at the uh, at the Oscars, and he had some really interesting reflections actually on on how sometimes the hysteria around cancel culture contributes to it, you know, and, and that people, uh, that he was saying that a lot of comedians feel they can't say things when actually they can, a lot of that is very much in their heads and he tries to weave that into this show which is really interesting not afraid to sort of tackle State of the Nation stuff on with July, He's on Sunday at the Lowry and a quick nod for the BBC Philharmonic as well who are performing at the Bridgewater Hall uh, one of their residential places on the 7th of May they're going to be doing some of the works of the Austrian composer Joseph Hayden it's really joyful like full of positivity and joy and if you've been a bit glum or you're sort of retreaty, sort of just, just about peeking back out into the world after the last couple of years it's a really, really joyful bit of music to lift the spirits for sure. Okay, that's it from us for this week. Uh, thank you, Danny. Thank you, Jack. Uh, Yoshi's back on the podcast next week. And don't forget more stories like this, tips of things to do in and around Greater Manchester and news when you need it in your inbox. Manchestermill.co.uk is where you subscribe.